Welcome to the Penis Project Podcast, connecting men through science, stories, solutions, but most of all, through support. This podcast was founded by myself and Dr. Joe Milios, a physiotherapist. To find out more about us, check out our website, thepenisproject.org. I'm Melissa Hadley-Barrett, sexologist and nurse practitioner specialising in men's intimate health. Join me as I break down the barriers surrounding men's health and have candid conversations about everything you've always wanted to know but were too embarrassed to ask. This podcast is dedicated to stories from men who have bravely recognised the importance of sharing their experiences, breaking down stigmas and having no filter chats about sexual health, cancer treatment and recovery, relationships and everything else in between. If you know someone who you think would benefit from this information, please share so we can help more people. We would also love it if you'd follow the podcast and give us a review. Welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today, I've got Kendall with me and we're going to talk about prior prisms. Now, there's other reasons why you can get prior prisms, which is an erection that lasts for too long and it sounds like an absolute fantasy, but it's not if you have an erection for longer than two hours. It is painful and it's also dangerous if it's rock solid hard. But what we find is that we don't actually see them that often, considering how many times we teach people how to do injections. We're only going to talk about prior prisms from injections today. And we're going to talk about ways to deal with them because we find that even though we give instructions, often people haven't followed them. So we're going to talk about that and talk about how often these occur, why they occur, and how to deal with them. So welcome, Kendall. Hello again. So tell me, I think you should, first up, we should talk about what we should, what a prior prism is, how long it's lasting, when we need to be worried, and what we need to do. So when I teach how to do an injection with patients, they always go, oh, but I know some guy that had an erection that just didn't go away. And I go, that's okay. We'll talk you through that. So a priapism is an erection that lasts for two hours and is rock solid hard, which, like you said, might sound fun, but it's actually very, very painful. I also try and get patients to be a bit more proactive in their action plan. So if they've still got an erection for over an hour and it's really, really uncomfortable, then don't wait for that two-hour mark. But essentially a priapism is from that two-hour mark that's really hard. So we need to fix it at home. So what do we do? We avoid any further touch or play. Try and empty your bladder as best you can. (laughs) Which I imagine is not easy when you've got an erection. And then we start taking Sudafed. So yes, we take Sudafed when we've got a cold and flu, but it also helps to unblock um, the blood flow from the penis. Once you've done that, go for a run, jog, run up and down the stairs, do star jumps, brisk walk, and that's just to move blood away. When you come back, if it's still standing to attention and still pretty solid, then that's when you need to jump in the shower and have a hot, hot shower, come out, grab an ice pack, lie down on your back and wrap it around your penis and just relax. If it doesn't subside within about half an hour. So now it's an hour since you've taken the first two Sudafed. Yeah. Then we need to start the process again. And often patients are told by their pharmacists or they might read the box on the Sudafed box and it says only take two every four to six hours. Take another two Sudafed 
it is fine. And also, it's an emer- this is an emergency. So, the, you know, they're not going to put that on the box. It's like, you know, you don't go inject adrenaline when someone has an anaphylactic reaction on the box. So, mm. this is an emergency. So, the pharmacist is assuming that you're unblocking your nose. Yes. He's not assuming you're unblocking your penis. <laughs> yeah. So, please follow the instructions we give you. The other thing, just on that note, that I always have patients say, I'd say, take two Sudafed and then they take one. Yes. And that's a real problem because one Sudafed is 60 milligrams, but the dose that works as an antidote is 120. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like filling your car up with half of fuel instead of filling it up and trying to make a long distance for a whole tank. Yeah. Yeah. The other issue we have is when we do a test dose, it's usually unlikely that we're going to cause a priapism with our test dose. So it's really important to go to the pharmacy and get your box of Sudafed because we do send you home with samples and if you do become a bit stuck, we need you to fix it. And so often patients don't do this and they get stuck and they end up going to the pharmacy very late at night or can't get in. And so they might have Sudafed lying around in their house that's got the Panadol in it, which Mm. we don't want. Yeah, because it doesn't work. Or there's also Sudafed that's an antihistamine. So when we say Sudafed, we're actually talking about pseudoephedrine. That's the active drug. So it has to have... You need to take a dose is 120 milligrams of pseudoephedrine. So that either comes in one tablet or two 60 milligram tablets is the most common Mm. way. The way I always explain what Sudafed does is it's like a vasoconstrictor. So when we give you the injection to get an erection, it vasodilates the cells so that the blood flows in. When you take Sudafed, it's like a vasoconstrictor, makes them close and then push the blood back into the body. We can't stress enough how important it is to deal with it. And I think also an analogy that I like to use is if you had a door that had rusty hinges and you left it for five years and you sprayed CRC on it or some sort of grease, those hinges are not going to unlock. But if you have a door that you've just noticed is a bit squeaky, a little bit rusty and you spray CRC or oil on it, it's going to start working. And that's the same with the Sudafed. Like there's no point waiting five, six hours to take it. You've got to do it early or it isn't going to work and you've got to take the right dose. Yep. So my saying is always let's be proactive, not reactive Mm. because then that's a problem. Yep, exactly. And I think the most important thing to talk about here is it doesn't happen very often. No. You know, like I'm starting at least 15, sometimes 25, 30 people a week on injections and so is Kendall. So that's a lot of injectable patients going through our clinic I The last time I actually needed to interfere with someone because they got a prior prism was a couple of weeks ago and that was the first one in like six months. So it mm-hmm. is very rare and also more often than not, the times that we do have to actually do something like physically drain the blood out of the penis, it's not, it's because they haven't taken the Sudafed or they haven't followed instructions. Mm. Is that what you're finding? Yeah. Occasionally this year I've had two where I've met the man and I always say, so how hard can you get it with Mm. stimulation? They go, nothing, nothing at all. And so we've got this little algorithm in our brain that we kind of start off with. And so I've given a little bit more juice than what they probably needed. And I've had two where I've had to fix. Um, And again, they've rung me four to six hours post that injection and we've had to come in and sort it out. Yeah, and I just think we can't stress enough how – this shouldn't be a big problem and nine times out of ten it's a big problem because 
the person hasn't followed instructions. But mm. if you're prepared and also like in Perth, and I don't know, I know we've got lots of listeners everywhere else and I don't know what time your pharmacy's shut, but the night pharmacy in Perth that's open, there's one in the city and it shuts at 11 p.m. Mm. And so, you know, if you've given yourself an injection at nine, you're not even going to know at 11 p.m. that you need Sudafed and then it's closed. And, you know, so you actually need, if you're using injections, you need to always have Sudafed yep. with you in case of this problem. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a rare occurrence. I only had one the whole of last year out of, I can't even, yeah, 20 yeah. patients a week that we get. And this year it's been three. Mm. So it's been pretty rare. And I think also... We have to think about the fact that, you know, when patients come in and they're having their first injection, they're often like, oh, give me a bigger dose. I just mm. want it to be a good one. And we don't do that. So please don't be frustrated. We start off with a really low dose for a reason because we don't know how you're going to react to that drug until we've tried a low dose. And then we will slowly increase it. And it usually does take four or five times, not with mm. an appointment, but us giving you samples to try at home before we'll get the perfect dose. But that's us being cautious. Yeah. It's, so please try not to get frustrated yeah. and understand that it's a process and we do that on purpose so that mm. we avoid this happening to people. I love the um, the comment where I say, please let me know how you go. Give me a score out of 10 and I'll get this phone call and go, nope, didn't work. Yep. And I go, nothing, nothing at all. And they go, well, I probably could have used it for penetration. <laughs> yeah, I know. That worked. That I worked know. really well. And that's what we want to know. We want that detail, which is it was 60%, 70%, or it was almost useful for penetration but not quite because yeah. that means we'll only increase the dose a tiny bit. Yeah. But if you tell us, no, it didn't work, it was stupid, and then we've given you a certain dose, we're going to give you a much stronger dose, dose and yeah. then we're going to get into problems. So it's yeah. really important, as weird as it sounds, we want you to be descriptive. Yeah. We want details. We don't need a photo, by the way. I get sent a lot of dick pics no. with photos of how hard it was. <laughs> yeah. We don't need a photo. I mean, we're used to looking at penises. It's not that big a problem, <laughs> no. but you don't feel like you have to send a photo. Just a good explanation yeah. is, is all we need. Yeah. So what's your funniest story with a patient having a priapism? Oh, interestingly, I had a guy who I didn't suspect would use party drugs. Ah. And party drugs and injections don't go well together. And so this guy was using the normal dose. He'd been using it for quite a while. Mm -hmm. He went to a party and he had some cocaine. Oh, great. And I do ever since then try and remember to say to people, by the way, party drugs and this drug don't mix. And, you know, never judge a book by its cover. I just never suspected this man would use cocaine. And so he rang me at like three in the morning with an erection that wouldn't go away. And I was really surprised because he'd been using it for quite a long time. Never, We'd never had a problem. Mm. Um, but then when he came in and we were fixing it, and he had followed the instructions, he'd taken the Sudafed and everything. He, I was like, I just don't understand, you know, what's gone on here. And eventually he said, I went to a party and I took cocaine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was... I mean, it was a bit enlightening, really. It was a bit a, a bit of a learning curve for me, like never judge a book by its cover and Absolutely. just don't assume that people are doing what they're doing. Mm. How about you? I, I know what story you're going to tell. I think it's mm. hilarious. Go. I'm sorry if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but I had this lovely gentleman and it was about June, July, just before I went on holiday. And I started him on the injections and I have the same systematic process on how I explain things. Did a test dose, gave samples, 
please don't mix them, please don't inject them on the same day. So what does he do? He stuck one needle in one side <laughs> and stuck the other needle in the other side. <laughs> and then messaged Melissa and said, i got a great erection. Can I have the script, please? <laughs> and he was so lucky he did not get a priapism. And it was impossible to write a script. No, because we he, didn't know what it was. It stuck two things in the – yeah, that was hilarious. And then I saw him when I got back from holiday. And so we did a couple of more samples because he wasn't quite happy. <laughs> and I said, please – do not mix these. He did it again. <laughs> so, yeah, caught up with him recently. I'm ready to strangle him, but he's all good now. He's, he's sorted now. Yeah, we're sorted he? now. Yeah. And so I think that is a real message to everybody is please follow instructions. And look, I am the worst person in the world. I don't think I've ever bought a piece of IKEA furniture that I've actually read the instructions. I've stuck it together. But, you know, if I miss a screw or a bolt in a piece of IKEA furniture, it's not such a big deal. Mm. If you can do long-term damage if you leave yeah. a prior prism untreated. And actually on that point, you know, our, we give you a handout and we tell you this in detail and we – but I think the most important thing there is we tell you to start taking action at two hours and that is important. But please don't panic if it's not down, yeah. you know, after the four hours because we've given ourselves room to move with that. It's uh, important that you start the process at least at two hours at the very latest of getting it down. And then, you know, I had a the last one that I had, it was like he'd tried the Sudafed, he'd been for a walk, he took more Sudafed. He'd been for another walk and it didn't work and he was quite panicky because it was four yeah. hours after the injection. I was like, no, it's okay. We've got time up our sleeve. We plan it that way. So don't panic and yeah. think we haven't planned it. And I think the other really important thing to think about with injections, if you do go to a hospital, then make sure you tell them what you've injected. We've always written down the sample dose for you and they need to know what it is yeah. at the other end. Yeah. I think the other really confusing thing for men is sometimes they actually panic and they think they have their, a priapism. Yes. Because the difference between injections and a normal erection is that you get the arousal, you get the erection, you use it and it goes down. Yes. With the injections, you obviously have the arousal, you do the injection, you get the erection. And once you've used it, it doesn't go down as quickly as it did before. Mm. So as long as it's still going down and it's nice and soft and spongy and it's at that 50% of an erection for another hour or so, that is fine. Yes, exactly. It's good exercise it for is. your penis when he's spongy and got blood going in and out. You just don't want a full, I'm just going to use the word, you don't want to be completely barred up no. for two hours. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be pole vaulting around the, yeah. uh, the street. So. Yeah, I often have to reassure and say, that's okay. It, it will go down. But if it's annoying for you where you've done it in the morning and you're going out for golf or something like that, then just pop a suit of it if you really need to. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, kind of just go with it. Yeah. And there are a few um, medications that people take that are contraindicated with pseudoephedrine, but that is why we always get your medication list before mm -hmm. and we, we prescribe you the Sudafed because or the pseudoephedrine because we you know also we want to make sure that when you go to the pharmacy they give you the pseudoephedrine the with the one. pseudoephedrine mm. in and the right dose but we also want to make sure that it's not going to interact with any of your other medications yeah I was just going to say as well is that the other time that I have seen priaprisms occur is particularly after prostate cancer surgery when guys have had um like 
nerve sparing surgery and they start injections and they're doing really well on a particular dose, but they might have quite a big gap between one injection oh, and another. Yes, yeah. So they might have injected and then gone on, gone away for a month and not want it, needed to use it. And they've come back and they've had a whole month of healing. They've used mm. the same dose they used before they left. Yep. And then they've had a bit of healing, so that dose is now a bit strong. Because normally you'd notice, oh, it's lasting a bit long. When I inject again next week, I'll reduce it a tiny bit. Yeah. And so that does happen. And I just say to guys when that happens is it's a great sign. It's exciting. It but means not great. things are healing. <laughs> so, you know, and that's the other reason why even though you might have a really regular dose that's been working great for a year or whatever, you still should always have Sudafed with you because you mm. never really know when that happens. And if you took it, it'll go away. Yeah. I literally had a patient that did that, that not so long ago yeah. on Father's Day weekend. He was recovering really, really well, using the same dose, had been away for about six weeks and decided to do an injection for Father's Day morning. <laughs> and it didn't go down until the next day. So he did do the Sudafed, but he never called any one of us. Um, and then he eventually called me when he was going to the hospital, but I was out at Father's Day dinner, and I think yeah. you were busy too. Yeah, he rang me as well. And he did get drained overnight, but the urologist that was called in was concerned about having to do surgery. So there is the risk, and he did say, whoops, probably shouldn't have done the same dose. Mm. So, yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. yeah, so I just think that's like a top tip really to just keep an eye out for if you just have the Sudafed with you all the time. And if mm. you've had a really big gap then and you do had, did have nerve-sparing surgery, then please think about maybe give yourself a little bit less this time and, and really, I think the best advice is to use injections if you're going to do them regularly because mm. you you will be healing all the time and the dose, you know, might need to be slowly reduced. But if you don't know that if you're not using them all the time. Yep. So I think regular use, like once a week, mm. means – and even if – it's great exercise for your penis to get a good erection. So even if, you know, you don't feel like it or your partner doesn't feel like yeah, it. there's no intimacy, yeah. Yeah, you can just do it, have a good erection that day, know how long it's lasting and keep track yep. of what's going on. Yeah, I've got quite a few patients that use the injections as part of their rehab process where they'll do a smaller dose or a normal dose, mm. just walk around the house with an erection, mm. not not physically use it but just enjoy the stretch. I had one, one patient <laughs> who's a swimmer. Tell me, he always makes sure before he goes swimming with his mates, he does his injection the night before because he reckons his penis is a little bit bigger and his budgie <laughs> smuggles the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually get comments like that where, oh, it's a little bit fatter still the next day. And it's like, yeah, you remember your penis gets a good workout. Yeah. And so there's going to be extra blood flow. So you can see the effects of it, which yeah. is good. There's actually, this is purely anecdotal and not research. But um, the other thing that I've noticed, I'm interested to know if you've noticed, Kendall, is sometimes like guys will be getting like, you know, 50% semi-erection, they're going along there a year or so post-op and they haven't been getting anything better and you give them their first injection, they get a really good erection and then for some reason it's like it wakes their penis up and they don't yes. need them anymore. Yeah. Have often, you noticed that? Often I've done that. I've started them on injections, got a really good erection, given them their script and they call me and they go, yeah, I don't think I need it anymore. Yeah, it's it weird. It does happen. But I've never read anything about that in anything nah. I've read. And I've Googled exactly that. I've looked on academic papers. I yep. cannot find anything. So it's purely anecdotal. But it's almost like the pipes get cleaned out. Absolutely. Because I get asked that all the time. If I use the injections, is it going to interfere with my recovery? Mm. Or is it going to improve my erections? And I go, well, there's no evidence. There's no scientific mm. evidence that it will improve. But I do see improvements if we're getting blood flow, stimulation, movement. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So, and we also have a YouTube video that um, Kendall has made on dealing with a prior prism. And so I will put the link to that in the show notes as well. So please take this seriously, but don't let it scare you off using injections. don't let it scare you. (laughs) It's just, you know, and I think that's the other thing. We don't want to scare people. We just want to say if we follow the instructions and we deal with it, we have very little problems. Yeah. If you managed well and you've got the equipment, follow it. You shouldn't have any issues. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As a thank you for being a part of our podcast community, I have an exclusive subscriber offer for you. If you would like assistance with your sexual health and you'd like to work with me, then please head over to www.melissahadleybarrett.com forward slash programs and use the code TPP5 at the checkout. Here you will find everything you need to know to be on the path to penile perfection. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Penis Project. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you could leave a review and subscribe for regular updates. Your support plays a big role in spreading awareness and helping more men to access this information. The more followers we have, the more podcast platforms that recommend our show to others. This might be just the place where your friend, brother, neighbour with lingering questions finally discovers the answers. Stay connected with me on social media and join the Melissa Hadley Barrett email list for news about upcoming podcast episodes, blogs and lots more. If you have a personal story that you'd like to share or you're a health professional working in this field, I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or a listener with specific topics you'd like us to cover, please send me an email at admin at melissahadleybarrett.com. Thanks again for being a part of the Penis Project podcast community. And until next time, take care.